0: Here's your host, Alexander Garrett. Hot,
1: hot, ooh, we got it! Hey, we got it!
0: Hot, snow on the ground? Well, you know what? We got some hot stove for you instead. I know you don't want to be trudging through the snow, so I want to get you some good news. Because if you haven't been following the Major League Baseball Hot Stove Report, well, you missed a big doozy today today. And why not my uh, new friend, Brian Hoke, who we contact each other on Instagram and now email from MLB.com, the Yankee Beat Reporter. Tell us the good news today if people haven't heard it yet.
1: If you haven't heard it yet and you haven't been paying attention, uh, Garrett Cole and the Yankees have agreed to a nine-year, $324 million contract. That is the largest ever given to a free agent starting pitcher. And uh, the guy that the Yankees... General Manager Brian Cashman calls him his great white whale. Uh, they've tried on two different occasions to get him before. Now they've got him. He is their ace. And that has been the big story of the winter meetings here so far in San Diego.
0: I was going to say, you must, you must miss New York snow to be in San Diego right now. I mean, it, it's got to be hurting you to be out there in that nice warm weather. <laughs>
1: well, to be honest with you, uh during these winter meetings you don't get out too much. So, uh this is one of the rare opportunities here. I've stepped outside to talk to you. Uh it is nice here. Uh, are you guys near you,
0: Petco by any chance? Are you near Petco Park? A few blocks away, yeah. We're uh probably a
1: short walk from Petco Park and uh but it is beautiful here, even in December and so yeah, I'm looking at palm trees right now. But uh, to be honest, you, you spend a lot of time in the hotel, walking the hallways, trying to find people to talk to. And uh, clearly the Yankees have given us something important to talk about.
0: Well, right. And obviously they also gave up uh, Didi Gregorius yesterday. Really quick, a favorite Didi memory of your time covering the team? Favorite D-
1: I mean, it's actually off the field. Um, I will tell you this story. <laughs> Dee has a favorite spot in Tampa where every year on his birthday he goes and it's a hibachi place. And um, I just happened to be there one year. And I don't know if you've ever been to a place like this, but sometimes the chef will uh, offer to shoot his little sake bottle into your mouth across the table. And um, so this is happening to me. And Dee, Dee walks in and just cracks up laughing. He caught me red hand doing it, and I didn't expect to see him there. Had no idea he would be there, and uh, uh, we've laughed about that quite a few times. So that is actually one of my favorite Dee Dee memories. But um, I, on the field, I would have to say probably that three run homer in uh, the wild card game against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, that was, uh, it was it was such a uh, a game where the air had kind of come out of Yankee Stadium. Uh, in the first inning, and then all of a sudden, Didi kind of put it right back in with that blast. And uh, obviously, the Yankees had a a good run in 2017. So a, a clutch October performer, for Didi Gregorius was, and I think he'll do well in Philadelphia
0: with the manager of that 17 team, Joe Girardi. So that'll be an interesting reunion.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that is not a coincidence. Uh, you know, Joe was here at the winter meetings, and he he's been speaking very highly of Didi, and um, I, I think. Just to look at what Didi Gregorius did and uh, coming in, f- filling those shoes after Derek Jeter, who obviously cast such a large shadow as a franchise shortstop. Uh, you know, 2014 was a big retirement farewell for Derek Jeter, and the question was always, what kind of guy could come in and follow Derek Jeter? Well, Didi Gregorius did. It didn't start out all that well. It was a little shaky in April of that year, but he found his footing and uh, really did live up to what the Yankees thought he could be. Both offensively and defensively. Unfortunately for him, uh, he missed mo- uh, most of the early part of last year while recovering from Tommy John surgery. I think he, he was never quite 100%, and that's why he took a one year deal here to kind of re- rebuild his value and uh, try again at free agency for a multi year deal after 2020. But Peter Gorish is a good player, and um, you know, a lot of people may not know this about him. Speaks a lot of different languages. I think it's seven. Uh, very smart guy. Likes to take photographs, uh, does a lot of digital video editing. So wow. uh, he's kind of a renaissance man, and he'll uh, he'll add a lot to that uh, Philadelphia clubhouse.
0: Well, he certainly did through social media add a lot to the Yankees' environment, which was a really a component of the season and, and the years he's been here. Now, Brian. How does Cashman seem to do it almost every winter meeting out? Now, last year was kind of a dead year, but he did get, he did get Stanton during the winter meetings in in uh, 17, or the winter of 17. He did get to share on CeCe around this time in 09. How does he have that holiday magic work for him in these meetings?
1: Yeah, I, I I think that having the Steinbrenner family behind him offering that kind of money makes a lot of that magic happen. Uh, you know, it, you can be the greatest GM in the world, but if you don't have that backing from the front office, uh, you're not going to get the player, and that was the case here where Hal Steinbrenner had authorized that kind of payout. They identified Cole as the top target on the free agent market, Uh, the the best way that they could improve a team that won 103 games and uh, a division title this past year. What put them over the top? They think Garrett Cole, so they were not afraid to spend that money to write that big check, and as it turns out, they – they wound up outbidding the field. They knew that they were not gonna. Ha- they could not come in with the second best offer and still get the player. So, uh, once ownership gave the sign of the cross to that, and Cashman was free to present that money, I think New York Yankees. The allure of that kind of sells itself, especially for Derek Cole, who grew up a Yankee fan and. Um, wanted to wear those pinstripes at some point in his career now he gets that opportunity and he could potentially finish his career with the new york yankees nine years a long time so especially for a starting pitcher
0: and you know they say championship caliber that is such a caliber contract uh isn't it
1: <laughs> well i mean it's the best that's ever been given to a free agent starting pitcher and so i uh, you know uh, one of his former teammates tweeted out, Trevor Williams of the Pirates tweeted something out this morning and said, imagine having to never think twice about getting guacamole and Chipotle. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, Gary Cole can pretty much do whatever he wants with that money. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I think, look, the money talks, but also what talks is the ability to win a World Series. And uh, when, I, when I believe that Gary Cole put the Yankees' offer against, say, the Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, you look at that and say, "All right, which team will give me the opportunity to win a World Series now?" Um, coming, having just pitched in a World Series with the Astros, I think that Cole wanted his chance to get back. Uh, I think that's important to him getting a title, and he's certainly going to have that chance with the Yankees. They believe, they expect now that they will be winning a World Series in the very near future.
0: Uh, I would say so. I mean, you still got Tanaka, you still got Paxson. Uh, What's the latest with Hap? by the way? Has he been traded? Is he he staying? What's his deal?
1: Well, I think that they're going to look into it, especially now that they've added this big contract. You're looking at ways that you can kind of trim salary here, and Hap clearly did not have the year that he or the Yankees anticipated, so you would be selling low on this, and uh, they probably have to eat some of that money, but uh, I think that given that he's earning $17 million for next year and could be under contract potentially uh, for the year after that, depending on an innings pitched. Uh, I think it's something that they're going to look into, but there's really no rush on that. They can potentially keep half into spring training or even in the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, I think that it's something that they could do if they run into something, and they're clearly – Looking at all, I don't think there are very many untouchables for the Yankees. I think Miguel Andujar could be traded. I think Clint Frazier could be traded. You could add in some other names there, but uh, they don't have to do anything really at this point. I think their focus is going to be re-signing Brett Gardner, making sure they have a center fielder for opening day, and uh, they can go from there. But um, you're going to make a lot of small incremental tweaks. Uh, before you get to opening day
0: well and and we're talking with brian hoke who is the com yankee reporter is that right that's the right title for you that is correct and uh, if you've seen him on his tweets on M O B network if you've seen his twitter it's that brian hoke on with me on the sports hour part of keeping real with alexander garrett uh brian thanks so much for joining us tonight now really what well, what did aaron boone have to say today i know you saw him and he met with the media yeah,
1: um well they can't say too much about go it it's this funny dance that you have to to make with uh Boone and Cashman because everybody in the world knows this Garrett Cole deal is done, uh, but it has not been formally announced. Cole still has to go and take a physical, so they have to kind of speak as though it's not done, which is funny, it's funny semantics, but clearly they're excited. And Boone was out to dinner last night, he was uh he found out a lot of the same way that we did. Somebody texted him. He went to Twitter, started checking the uh, the details as they were coming out, and uh, then finally, you know, got confirmation. He's excited. He's thrilled. I mean, they think that Garrett Cole is going to be a huge part, a huge success in New York. Obviously, this is their ace. Um, they're going to be relying on him for years to come, and uh, they, they landed their top target. As I said, Cashman spoke about him as the great white whale of this organization. They really wanted this guy. They made him a priority, and they come away with their big prize, and now, I think it's uh, up to the Yankees to make sure that he's comfortable, that he can perform up to the caliber that he is. But you look at this guy, he's 29 years old. He's in the prime of his career, big strikeout pitcher. Uh, you know, great players get paid. And so the Yankees knew they were going to have to write a big check. They got him.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So you're, you've always been with the Yankees for a while, and you've probably covered the opponent uh, of the Yankees. Have you ever talked with Garrett while, he's, uh, while he was on the Astros or even the Pirates?
1: I have actually not personally spoken to him, but everybody I talked to, uh, this is an intense competitor, this guy, but he's very, very bright. Uh, he knows what's going on around him at all times. He is going to be very media savvy in which is a big part of playing in New York city. Um, I, I think that nothing is going to rattle him. You know, this is a guy who's been preparing for stardom since high school. Um, I, I, I was talking to somebody today who went to high school with him and as a junior in high school, um, you know, teachers, classmates would bring in boxes of baseballs for this kid to sign. I mean, you knew that the greatness was going to come. Nobody knew that he was going to wind up being the first overall pick a few years later and uh, wind up making this kind of money in the big leagues. But he's been preparing for this for a long time. And I think it speaks volumes that he was willing to bet on himself, turn down his favorite team in 2008, uh, in order to attend college, that was something that was important to him, uh, knowing that if he played well in college, he would get another opportunity. And and again, here, uh, while he was with the Astros, he made it very clear he did not want to talk about a contract extension. He was betting on himself that he would be able to go out in free agency, pick his own destination, and, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, I think that a lot of careful thought went into the process of becoming a New York Yankee for Garrett Cole and this is where he wanted to be
0: and uh, obviously I-, I think with CC retiring bringing in another arm to maybe uh, fill a spot for sure that CeCe had trouble filling when he was injured I think that's a big part of this as well I mean we're going to miss CeCe and I'm sure you have some memories with him as well as he's retired this year but Garrett's going to be a nice place in this rotation
1: well I think yeah i I mean C in two thousand nine came to the Yankees as their race, but uh clearly in the later years of his career he had he was pitching toward the back end of the rotation and uh late this year in the bullpen. So I, I think it's not an apples and oranges thing. Uh but you look at the way that rotation was built, you were gonna have Tanaka, Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, Luis Severino, those were gonna be your top three. Maybe you stick Garrett Cole at the top of that. Potentially makes Jay your five. Uh, You've also got Jordan Montgomery, a few other candidates down there. Domingo Herman, who won a ton of games last year. He's going to serve in suspension, I believe, but he'll be back at some point. So uh, this is suddenly a team that uh, we went through all of last year saying they don't have enough starting pitching. Now they have a lot of starting pitching, and that was the one weak spot, as I said, that the Yankees really thought they could upgrade and um, pour their chips in and make this team better. They don't need many more bats, even though hitting is what cost them in the postseason. Um, you think that over the long haul this team's going to hit. They needed some starting pitching. They've still got a great bullpen. I think they've got to be World Series favorites right now as the uh, currently – constituted.
0: It does have a feeling of when they got uh, Tex and uh, CC in 0-9 or 8 into 9 has that kind of feel right now um, that it, the buzz is there. Where it hasn't been and over the last forget, few years. Don't
1: forget, sure. And don't forget AJ Burnett was a big part of that team. Nick Swisher wound up being a big part of that team too. So uh, yeah, that was a star studded offseason. They spent almost uh, a half billion dollars that offseason to open up the new Yankee Stadium and we're, we're, they were rewarded with a championship and Now you look back, and it's been a decade since then, and uh, they haven't been able to raise that championship flag again. Uh, Maybe they go back to that playbook here and uh, writing some more big checks will get
0: them there. Well, Brian, uh, you've—is this the first MLB.com team you've covered, or what led you to become the Yankees reporter?
1: Well, I started my career covering the Mets. Actually, I was across town at Shea Stadium covering the Mets, but I've been on the Yankees beat since 2007. So I, I've gotten to see some very cool things, the uh, the closing of the old stadium, the opening of the new one, the end of the Joe Torrey era, uh, the beginning of basically all of Joe Girardi's time as manager. And now uh, the first few years of Aaron Boone, gotten to see uh, the retirements of Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, uh, Mariano Rivera, gotten to walk the halls of Cooperstown with Mariano Rivera. So, uh, no, I've been very blessed to uh, have this opportunity to kind of, go along for the ride with the, the most storied franchise and the winningest franchise in all of baseball ah. and something I don't uh, something I don't take lightly I, I'm very uh, very appreciative
0: and I was going to say you know you're very relaxed when talking about it but do you ever find it's a daunting task covering this New York Yankee ball club I mean it's one of the most highly uh viewed of all the teams so is there any pressure you feel or do you feel relaxed doing this or what what's the <laughs> mindset like every day
1: I think every day is a challenge. you got to prove yourself every day, and um, if you're living off your successes or failures from yesterday, then you're not doing it right. Um, you, you've got to come in fresh every day, just like the ball players do, and um, I, I think that there's always a new story to chase, and that's the great thing about being on this beat, is that you know the interest level is just so high. I mean, it's such a universal brand. Everybody, whether you love them or hate them, you know who the New York Yankees are, and um, yeah, you see it when you're on the road with this team no matter what city you go to there are people wearing Yankee hats Yankee jerseys the, the fan base travels they care they're passionate and um, I, I think that comes through on social media as well but um, certainly it, it's cool knowing that win or lose what you're covering is important it's going to get read uh, there's significant interest and Um, that's what you want. You want to be covering stories that people care about. And every day the Yankees are a story you care about.
0: Well, and I don't know if you've ever seen the videos, but I cite your stats mid-season and I'm like, man, I need Brian Hoke. I need these updates because I, I don't know the record book, but you go deep dive into these records every day. And I'm really impressed by that.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a labor of love. You know, I grew up loving baseball and knew I wanted to do something in the game. I knew I wasn't going to pitch in the big leagues. So if there was any way I was going to be around this uh, terrific sport we have, it was going to be in the press box. And so, uh, again, I've been very fortunate to find a path and carve it out. And, um, you know, as the players say, I'll, I'll keep playing until they rip the uniform off me. And, uh, the same goes for my press credential. I, I do. I just love the game and love telling stories about it and getting to know the people in it.
0: Now, Brian, one quick thing that I have to feel is still overshadowed um, this winter meetings this year was the Astros. Was it, was it not? Was that a big conversation topic? And oh, what was yeah. said?
1: Well, I, I think that it's a huge conversation topic. And yeah, you're right. It is a shadow over the game. And uh, we found out today that that investigation will be continuing for quite some time. So. Until there's some resolution into exactly what happened, how many people were involved, what the penalties will be uh we're we're kind of in a holding pattern on that but i I would think that it it's if it turns out that that was going on, and that was so widespread and and known by so many people in the Houston organization. Uh, you know, it, it clearly is a huge problem that MLB will have to deal with and discipline, and I think discipline has to be harsh on that, too. They uh, they cannot be light about it because you need to dissuade other teams from doing similar things in the future, and, um, yeah, that, that's just tough. It's an unfair advantage, and, um, you know, Joe Girardi was here saying they knew, they, they heard some whispers that things were happening in 2017, for example, when he was the Yankees manager in the ALCS, and, um, you know, Aaron Boone called it eye-popping, the, the fact that those allegations were out there about the 2019 team. So mm. um, you wonder, you just want to have a clean playing field. And whether it's, we're talking about this or steroid use or anything else that's happened in the game, I think teams are always going to try to find an advantage. Um, Sign-stealing is by itself is not illegal. It's actually a big part of the game, but... Uh, Using technology to do it—that's that's that's a, that's a real problem, and I think uh, MLB needs to crack down on that for sure.
0: And and one more thing is just fascinating how Carlos Beltran is now the manager of the Mets. I would have thought the investigation wouldn't have sped up because obviously, if there is implication with him, they should get a new manager. But I guess that's not thought about right now.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that until we know the extent of what's happening. Um, I think they wanna do a thorough investigation here and find out what exactly went on with those Astros teams. You know, Beltron was in the Yankees front office the last two years too, so That's right. I I think yeah. So we don't know exactly how widespread this is. And, you know, everybody wants to point fingers at the Astros because that's what has come out so far. But we also don't know if other teams have been doing similar things around the league. So I, I think that's why you want MLB to do the best investigation they can, make sure that all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and that we really do get to the bottom of what happened, what is happening, and how you stop it in the in the future.
0: Well, Brian, uh, I would love you to come back to the to this podcast. You're great. Love your coverage day in and day out. Love following your feeds. And uh, we will definitely stay in touch. You got it. Thank you for having me. You got it. Enjoy sunny San Diego. And we'll see you when you're back home.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: All right. I'm Alexander Garrett. This has been a revival of the Sports Hour part of uh, my brand here. I'm trying to build a little bit of brand. So thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll talk to you soon.